Hi, my name's Noah Stokes. I'm filling in for Dan on the podcast. Today we have Dylan Field, CEO and co-founder of Figma. Figma is really changing the game in the design tool space. Listen in as Dylan shares a bit about what makes Figma so special. This episode brought to you by Domain.me. You have made logos bigger, added glitter to online banners, and made the boss's cat the focal point of the business brochure. We know how hard you work and what you can achieve. It's time for the world to get to know you as well. Start building your online home with the .me domain and proudly say, hashtag, this is me. Well, uh, hey, thanks for thanks for joining me today. I'm I'm a huge fan of Figma and what you thanks guys are doing me. there. Um, I gotta admit, Figma feels a little bit like black magic to me. I, I, I'm I'm kind of blown away that the power of the tool and that it runs in a web browser. Uh, do you, Do you ever find yourself looking back in a bit of awe of what you what you guys have built here? Well, first off, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I I think yes and no. So. I've now lived with lived in the world where uh, this is possible for the mm-hmm. past seven years or so, uh, and that was really what uh, made us decide to start Figma in the first place. Um, going back, I met my co-founder Evan at Brown, and he mm-hmm. was my TA. And Evan tried to convince me that we should go build Photoshop in the browser. Okay. Uh, and my first reaction was that that was impossible, and you know what a terrible idea. Yeah, and from there we kept talking more and more about uh, would this be possible? Would you do it? And we started looking really deeply into WebGL uh, and kind of convinced ourselves that yes, it was possible. And then it was okay. Well, Photoshop has all these different use cases, so that doesn't quite make sense. Uh, and meanwhile, I was interning at Flipboard um, mm-hmm. and started to realize that the processes that people use to share files and collaborate are just so broken. Um, and also, it didn't help that the tool I was using, Fireworks at the time, just crashed every you know five to ten minutes. And that was after I'd upgraded the RAM from my computer. <laughs> right. um, and so we started getting really excited about the idea of, can we make a design tool that's collaborative and cloud-based? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just started to, you know, one by one, really tackle each part of the problem uh, to prove out that it was possible and realize that it was possible. Um, and so I, I think like, you know, back in 2012, 2013, I think if I could teleport myself from then to now, I'd be like, damn, this is awesome. But, you know, <laughs> after five plus years of seeing it be possible and, you know, every time we have like a hurdle, knowing that we have prototypes that will solve that, uh, now I'm a little bit less like, oh gosh, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. I totally but I, get but it. I appreciate you think that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super impressed. I've built uh, nothing as complex as Figma, but my share of, of web apps and it, 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 Figma's, it's just, it's great. You mentioned that it being a collaborative design tool. I, I'm curious because my initial thought when I first heard about Figma was, I don't want like that hovering art director like, yep. watching me do all this design. But in hindsight, I think I misunderstood the pitch and, and where we are now, or, or at least what I'm doing here, director of design dribble. Uh, it, I see the collaboration as the other engineers or other engineers. I see as PMs, uh, marketing folks, uh, our leadership team to all have access to uh, 
these files, this design work uh, for feedback. Um, and really it's, it's replaced, I, I was thinking about more about this, I think five tools. It's, it's replaced a, a design tool. So, so uh, previously it was Sketch. It replaced Abstract for version control, replaced Envision for um, feedback on mocks. Um, it replaced, you know, whatever we would do for user testing and, and, and the fact that we could create a prototype and just share that link with some users. Uh, it replaced Dropbox for storing all the files all in this, this one app. And to me, that's really what the collaboration is about, but I'm coming at it from, uh, the management side, not the maker side. W- was that, were you thinking collaboration between designers when you first started or, or were you thinking of that bigger picture collaboration? We were definitely excited about the bigger picture of collaboration. Uh, like I said, I had that experience as an intern on a design team from Flipboard. And so I had seen firsthand designer-designer collaborations being an issue. But the more that we really studied and researched how different teams worked, we realized that there's a lot of variance. But at the same time, the thing that there's sort of two different mega trends that were happening. Um, and one of those was that uh, I think because software um, was uh, becoming more important than ever, um, more people were just trying to build software in the first place. And the second was that uh, as they're trying to build software, that was becoming more and more easy. And so the root way to differentiate it is through design. And because people yeah. care more and more about design, uh, you know, and design is a differentiator into what makes you win or lose, yeah. more people uh, around the design team also want to collaborate with designers. And so mm-hmm. the more that we did this research, the more we realized that, you know, the sort of narrative, I think, back in 2012, 2013 of, the design community was, oh, if only design could have a seat at the table. Yeah. And we started to realize that actually different companies are in different stages, but a lot of people actually want to see the designer's table. And design is actually gaining more power gradually in these organizations. Mm-hmm. And so we got really excited about the idea of how do we make it so that more people can collaborate with design. But I think even more long-term, our hope is that more people become designers and actually create assets in the first place. Um, I see no reason why... Uh, using a design system, an engineer or a product manager can also express themselves visually rather than write a spec. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, it's got simple tools. You guys have simplified the pin tool to, to where somebody like me who was always baffled by it in Illustrator can actually use it now uh, and feel like I'm, you know, somewhat decent uh, with it. So I feel like you guys have done that. And you so so the goal is to enable anybody, not just the traditional uh, designer to go after it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we did a lot of research with the pen tool too. I mean, it is a trade-off there because if you want to make it truly um, intuitive, you have to sacrifice power. So like the most intuitive version of the pen tool is one where you're basically using a pencil tool, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, If you show your mom um, or someone who, I mean, I'm using your mom as an example because my mom is not as technical although she's recently learned Figma, <laughs> plenty of mothers out there that are deeply technical. That's not the point I'm trying to make. But the, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you show someone who is not technical, um, like mm-hmm. my mother, uh, how to use the pen tool, the first thing they'll try to do is to drag it across the screen. Um, and uh, yeah. they will then, you know, if you show them, okay, actually to use more power, here's how you actually click twice to create a curve or a line. Um, you know, they'll eventually get it, but... Uh, for us, we're trying to go for that sort of intersection of, okay, we do know that the core user that's going to uh, be our target customer is a power designer. Uh, at the same time, we want to make it so that this, these tools behave in more intuitive ways. And as we researched the pen tool, yeah. uh, one thing that was interesting too was that even professional designers were not using the pen tool all the time. 
a lot of times they're doing shape construction either through um, balloon operations as a way to create uh, icons, or they were actually mm-hmm. using uh, complex masking operations in Photoshop. Um, and yeah. so because we did that research, we realized really quickly that, um, you know, the, the pen tool is not even intuitive for professional designers. So that seemed to be an opportunity as well. Yeah, definitely. So it's interesting because you and, and Evan, your co-founder, both engineering backgrounds, so it's interesting to hear that you're actually putting in the research and the effort to kind of understand how designers use it. Because uh, would, would it be correct to say like that's not your first passion or first strongest skill set? Uh, I definitely design? wouldn't call engineering or design my strongest skill set at this point. Uh, having had the privilege <laughs> of working with people who are absolutely incredible engineers and designers. And, you know, in some cases for our team, like uh, many of our designers are actually both. Um but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think someone like Evan or uh, you know many other engineers on our team are just so incredible when it comes to engineering side. I mean, it's an amazing team that we get to work with. For for me personally, I had you know pretty deep interest in design growing up. I didn't necessarily have the words to express mm-hmm. that, and I didn't know UI design was a thing uh, until yeah. you know uh, I was in college. And at that point, I was already doing a CS math degree. Uh, I found design, I think, and started to realize that interface design and interaction design was something that I was really interested in exploring, uh, actually through data mm-hmm. visualization. Um, yeah. And uh, from there, kind of got it more into UI design. Uh, and I, that's why I took a semester off from college was to try to figure out if I wanted to go down the route of being a designer, an engineer, or a product person. You know, what was the difference between design and product? I didn't really know. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, from, you know, I, I think... Uh, uh, I was. I, that's when I started getting really exposed to design tools for the first time deeply. I mean, I had used, uh, you know, Photoshop and Illustrator before more, but not to not a day to day setting. Yeah, that's rad. I think I I, I have an engineering background too. Uh, I'm doing design stuff now, obviously, and have been for I don't know the past decade or so. But you know that that argument should designers code. I, I I think you get. I think somebody with an engineering background or a passion with for design. Uh, I think you get a really well rounded kind of product person in general when they understand both sides of of the playing field there. Um, and and it seems to show in what you guys are doing in Figma. It's it's uh, it's really impressive. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so. Have you got like any, you know, we use Figma in kind of just the traditional, we're, we're a remote team. And so uh, Figma is what our designers used to design. And then our front enders get in there, um, export assets. It's just kind of the traditional way. Have you got any interesting use cases you could share uh, that, that you've heard of, of people using Figma? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been pretty interesting to see across um, different companies how uh, people are using it. I mean, I think we were really shocked at first a few years back when we started seeing companies like Uber, for example, starting to move their entire company over to Figma. Um, that was one that, that started to really shock me. Uh, and they're now doing, I think, over 90% of their product design work in Figma, if not 100%. Uh, and wow. you know, a lot of that was empowered, too, by their design system. Uh, Square is another mm-hmm. one where they migrated to Figma, just in like 100 designers working on I think over 25 products over to Figma in a very short period of time. Um, and they now have six unique design systems, uh, spanning iOS and Android and web all in Figma. Um, but I think also I get excited when people have, um, 
not just like these big tech companies, but also some of the smaller individual use cases. So I love hearing about when people are able to uh, pay for freelance work um, and pay their medical bills because they have access to Figma, um, even if they're beginners, yeah. sort of more junior or beginner designers. Um, I've enjoyed hearing sort of um, use cases that are atypical and not necessarily interface design. So I've had friends tell me about how they made their family tree in Figma. Uh, I had um, one time I went to the office of one of our first customers and um, the CEO's EA, uh, who's a wonderful woman, uh, came up to me and she showed me how she had built out their entire scene chart using Figma and told me how, you know, it was so helpful. Um, And so these aren't the typical cases that we're designing for, but it's really exciting to me whenever I can see uh, people use Figma as a general tool for visual communication as well. Definitely. Definitely. I just, you just reminded me, I just made a decision tree the other day. And That's it, awesome. You know, I, I kind of started searching around the web and you're looking like, oh, okay, well, these apps are dedicated for, for this type of work. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to use it. I'm just going to do it in Figma. And boom, I had it done. And, uh, you know, it's great. Okay, I got a question for you because one of our designers just shared with me um, a link to some uh, plugins for Figma. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's one of, it, it's kind of a hang up for, for, for some people switching from other design tools to Figma because a lot of people have a flow that, that depends heavily on, on third-party plugins. I, I, I haven't done any, any homework on this, so I apologize if, if, if it's out there somewhere on the site, but does Figma have like a plugin API or is this kind of like a rogue effort and they're, they're kind of trying to keep up with, with changes that you guys are doing or do you have plans for, for a plugin API if you don't have one now? Uh, when is this podcast coming out? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know, honestly. Um, maybe the end of the month, maybe uh, beginning of next month? Yeah, so we actually do have a plugin development effort going underway. Okay. Um, which I'm really excited to share. So, yeah. But if you're interested in building plugins with us, please do reach out. So, actually, last week, um, we, uh, sorry, two weeks ago, we had a maker week where um, we all did, it was like three days, it wasn't quite a week, but we all basically did like internal development. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was I was so excited because I, I got to code a little bit and at this point I'm pretty pretty rusty I'm not like a great engineer uh-huh. uh, <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't pass the technical phone screen at Figma put it that way <laughs> um, and uh, and I was able to make some plugins that I was super excited by uh, and you know I showed them to the company and they got oohs and ahs and it felt really good but it wasn't because of me it was because I was able to really easily use libraries other people had created on GitHub. Uh, and because it's all in JavaScript, you're able to really easily get started. Yeah. And the plugin system just makes it super easy to get to a great result really fast. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to see what people build with this uh, and how the community develops it further. Yeah, that's that's rad. I could understand the engineering feat and the idea of, um, you know, almost in a way like a, a poorly coded plugin that, that kind of brings things to a grinding halt it could reflect poorly on Figma so that, that the amount of effort to like, I don't know what you do if you like sandbox each of these or, you know, how anybody else, how any maker Apple would, you know, approve the apps on the phone because it, it could be a representation of their device if it performs poorly. Right. People could miss. Exactly. That. Yeah. That's, that's very rad to hear. I think my team will be pumped. 
Um, right now, all I know is that that they're that they're enabling some type of dark mode, uh, which is <laughs> true to form for all designers. Uh, love the dark mode, so uh, that's very cool, very exciting. Um, I'd love to chat with you a little bit about design systems. Um, so they seem to be more and more commonplace. You know, the Figma's built-in tools make it dead simple to create a design system, I think. Uh, and, and in fact, we just finished ours here. So we, we, we have the design system, not in code yet, but we have it in, um, you know, components inside of Figma. And uh, it's kind of ridiculous how drag and drop easy it is to uh, to recreate pages on Dribble for the team to riff off of. And, you know, I just saw that Framer introduced kind of a code view into their tool, uh, I think just earlier this week, which is very interesting because, you know, in design systems, like we've done our part, but now our front end team needs to take all those components and, and bring them to life. And that's an entirely different tool set, right? But the idea that Framer kind of took for this, this combining of code and design into one tool uh, is really interesting to me. And I know that Figma kind of has like a code. You could you could view the code, uh, the CSS. Um, is this something that that you guys would be interested in getting into as well? Is that something you see is part of the future um, for Figma? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really interesting work happening across the board on design to code. I think that, you know, it's sort of been the, the mythical... Uh, a place that everyone's trying to reach uh, over the past, you know, few decades is can we make it so that we have a visual interface design tool, and then from there you're able to create code. Um, mm-hmm. And to me, the the challenge is not only to figure out how to do that, but also to figure out how to make it so that you're able to really seamlessly get your ideas out of your head. Um, you know, there's there are ways yeah. that you can easily um, sort of make it so that there's constraints in the tool, which make it so that, um, you know, if you always nest frames, for example, and you have to really uh, make sure that everything is perfectly nested, that really helps establish few hierarchies and make it so that you're able to translate the code much easier. However, yeah. uh, it does impair the ability for someone to just get into the tool um, and really rapidly ideate and, uh, and work. So for us, yeah. I think that as we think about design systems and pe- things that are well-structured, we're really eager to make sure that that stuff uh, can map to code, especially if it's user-defined. Uh, but we want to do it in yeah. a way that is across platforms and across languages rather than like betting on React, for example. Um, right. Because, you know, these things change all the time. And you don't really want to be Dreamweaver and uh, stuck with, you know, HTML before CSS. <laughs> um, right. At the same time, uh, we don't want to do that at the expense of everyone that can come into the tool and wants to be able to visually express themselves and get ideas out of their head onto the canvas really quickly. So it's, um, yeah, it's sort of a non-answer, but I think that's sort of the framework of how we're thinking about it and the problem. Yeah, that's that's spot on. That's really great to think about. I think um, you're absolutely right. We're not building our, we're not building our design system on React. um, And it's, it's actually kind of interesting because there's very little, a lot of people talk about design systems, how to sell them to leadership um, from all the way to like, here's, you know, here's a framework for all the components you might want to consider building. Um, But I'm finding very few people talking about actually implementing these things into existing code bases. And that's where, where the paths diverge a lot with a lot of people that I've talked to. Yeah. 
I think there's just such interesting problems though for design systems overall. Um, you know, both in terms of like how do you think about design systems more holistically, not just as components mm-hmm. and styles, but more than that. I think also thinking through um, how do you get to a design system in the first place. So, you know, a lot of people that are sort of one person shops uh, or one person teams, they don't think about design systems, but they can still be super valuable in terms of uh, reuse and how fast you can work, even for individual designers. Um, so yeah. one problem that we think a lot about is like, how can you go from a file where uh, you don't have a design system, you just been kind of like working as you go and end up with a design system really fast. And so um, that's one framing mm-hmm. of the problem that I like a lot too. In addition to that, you know, it's, we're trying to figure out how do you make sure that people can find the right components on a large team um, and make sure that people are able to uh, work effectively across design systems and update them. And also, how do you share your design system with community? Um, I think that the wider yeah. world, there will become a time when the wider world is interested in um, contributing and consuming from design systems from all sorts of digital, digital products. And that design systems yeah. might sort of um, pass through that permeable membrane of the organization. And so that's something that we're thinking mm-hmm. about as well is how to enable that more. Yeah, that's, that's kind of in line with, I, I listened to a podcast in prep for this um, with you. You were talking about this idea of open source design. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what you're getting at here? Is, is that is that you know you could create a design system that could you know potentially be re, be reused by other people outside of your org entirely? Potentially, yeah, it's something that we're yeah. very interested in exploring uh, the mechanics of how that could work. Right, that's very cool. I dig it. This episode brought to you by Domain.me. You have made logos bigger, added glitter to online banners, and made the boss's cat the focal point of the business brochure. You have been successfully managing the gap between expectations and reality and burning up the midnight oil to try to give wings to your clients' ideas for years. We know how hard you work and what you can achieve. It's time for the world to get to know you as well. Feature your best work in one place, your personal website under your name. Personalize and showcase your portfolio in the best light. Whether you decide on a your name, surname.me combination or a catchy call to action for your domain name, choose .me and proudly say, hashtag, this is me. What about other, like, the future of design in general? Um, you know, how do you see Figma evolving? Um, I, you know, I don't even know. What, do, what are you guys thinking about that's beyond uh, what we're currently facing right now? Yeah, a lot. Um I'm trying to think of what's okay for me to share. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, I, I think one thing that we can talk about a little bit is, you know, I think a lot of people think of collaboration as multiplayer. Um, and that is a definitely mm-hmm. a great component of it. And, uh, and I'm really proud of the multiplayer work we've done. But I really yeah. see that as just a start. And okay. um, while I'm excited about, you know, improving things like comments in Figma, et cetera, what I'm really excited about is trying to get to the point where everyone in the organization um, uh, has a way to push out design work to other people and people that are outside the design team are able to better consume design work. Because again, going back to that sort of like mega trend of design is, is becoming this, this powerhouse inside of organizations and a lot of companies Mm -hmm. um, design is really what's going to drive the product forward and make the company win or lose. And so more and more people care about, uh, what the design team is doing, and because that's the future of their product, that's the future of their organization. Um, mm-hmm. So how do we make it so that more people can understand what's going on and consume that information? 
uh, and also contribute to the design process more and get involved. Uh, I think that, yeah. you know, it, the sort of the lines between strategic work of where we should be going and pixel work mm-hmm. are starting to blur a bit. Um, and there's a lot we can do to enable more people to contribute to the design process that way. Uh, very cool. And that, and, and you're, you're suited for it because it's not, again, what makes probably my favorite thing about Figma is that this is available in the browser and nobody has to go, you know, it's just a link and people have access to everything right there. And so you're already set up for that. Uh, it's interesting to see uh, the, the competition kind of come along and go, hey, we're, we're, we may start, you know, doing multiplayer or stuff in the browser. Um and you guys are, are are kind of you know, uh, I don't know, light years isn't the word, but you're definitely several steps ahead of that. Um, cool. I've got to ask you this question because as a product builder, and, and even as we've d- talked just briefly on 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 a couple of you know future ideas or things, you guys, I'm so impressed with how fast you ship features and you. you get stuff out the door so quickly. Uh, What's that like? I mean, is your are, 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 is everybody there just wicked smart, or is there? Uh, which I'm sure they already. I, I'm sure they are. But um, you know, how do you guys move so quickly on? And, and they're not like little teeny like features. Like they're significant updates. It feels like uh, every month. Yeah, I mean, everyone at Figma is really humble, and that's one of the things I appreciate most. Um, but I will brag for them a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I think the team is just absolutely incredible. Um, I, I feel so privileged to work with this group of people, and it's just uh, it's so exciting for me every day to come into work and to see what the team is building uh, and to collaborate with them. So I, I think that's a huge part of it, honestly. And then I think another big part is that... Um, you know, we're not perfect. You know, if you ever have no tech debt, you're a dead product. Um, mm-hmm. However, I think that we consistently pay back our tech debt uh, to make sure, and design debt and product debt. You know, it's there's lots of uh-huh. different forms of debt, but um, uh, we try to make sure that we're able to move quickly. And again, we're not perfect. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's products right now we have and there's products upcoming where we'll pay down more debt. But um, it's something that we do invest in. We make sure that uh, our development process doesn't slow down, which is the natural course of things over time. So totally. I think we've been good at trying to make sure that we keep our stack modern and, um, and uh, make sure that, you know, we don't uh, over rely on things that serve us once, but no longer serve us. Right. So you, you guys do a good job. Uh, I've seen you, uh, I forget who it was. It was on Twitter and somebody gave you a suggestion for a feature um, or something like that, and and you said you had replied and said that you you liked it or you know or a great idea or yeah we'll work on getting that in. How do you kind of balance you know your roadmap with with the feedback that you're getting? Because it seemed like you were open to it, and I can imagine uh, the amount of feedback you probably do get from from folks because designers, uh, as as we both know, uh, can be an opinionated bunch. Totally. Um, how do you balance that feedback? With your roadmap, yeah, I mean, I think that you know, um, we have pretty active Slack channels internally where we talk about things that come in through support requests, through Twitter, uh, through in-person conversations, and other channels as well, like Spectrum. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're always talking about different ideas that, pe- that people have brought up, or riffing on things, and talking about problems that customers are having. So I think we're pretty customer-centric, and we really try to make it so that. 
uh, were able to quickly reply to people when the task is actually pretty trivial sometimes um, to actually implement. We also, um, one thing we've done internally that I've really appreciated is we have sort of a bucket of tasks that are flagged as small wins. Um, these are things that the team can really just jump in on and fix very quickly. And by fixing those things, um, you know, we know people will be, will be happy. It'll fix someone's workflow or make someone's life a little bit easier, but it's actually not a big task for us. Um, and so we try to make room for those things. And also uh, we occasionally have quality weeks as well where, um, you know, there's, there's always bugs that come up uh, and we try to make sure that we're paying down that, that sort of bug backlog to make sure that yeah. we are um, always addressing the most urgent workflow issues and making it so that we're using Figma as seamless as possible. Um, you know, and, and uh, we hold ourselves to a high standard, so I'm not saying that we're perfect. Uh, I think that, you know, there's it's always a sort of like a debate when we are working on a lot of small things. Uh, you know, we're pushing ourselves to go bigger. When we're working on a lot of big things, it's like, oh man, we're not working on enough small stuff. We should be you know, iterating faster in a more local way. Uh, yeah. So I think we're it's sort of a pendulum that goes back and forth. Um, and uh, we're always debating ourselves internally on on sort of where that exact uh, exact uh, track should be. But uh, right. we, we really like to find ways to really quickly iterate with our community um, because we have an amazing community of designers. And we've known that from the beginning. I mean, mm-hmm. even from the start, we had people sending us, you know, 10-page docs of feedback and, oh, uh, wow. and really engage in this deep way and give us advice and, uh, and participate in research studies. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that I would like this job a tenth as much if it wasn't for the people around us. Uh, designers is kind mm-hmm. of like the ideal customer base, to be honest. Yeah, uh, that's great. That's, it sounds like you've, you've got a nice balance there, I think, um, uh, you know, from this side, from the outside, uh, everything everything has always just kind of come across as uh, wonderful, regardless whether it was a small thing or, or something uh, larger. And, and, and even the way that you guys are kind of innovating too with like the, um, I don't know when smart selections came out, um, yeah, but yeah. when I saw that, it was Last just, year, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just one of those things where you, where you go, where's this been all my life? You know, I, I mean, I I started in, in Photoshop and Dreamweaver. You mentioned Dreamweaver. Um, I wish that I had uh, a tool like Figma or one existed, uh, you know, 15 years ago. That would be be incredible. Yeah, I think like we talked to a lot of people who say things like that. Like, I wish that I got Siddhartha Design now instead of 15 years ago, instead of 30 years ago. Uh, and it's so much different now for new designers. And my hope is that, uh, that the design industry just becomes a lot larger and there's uh, more and more people that call themselves designers out there uh, and that corporations are, are hiring designers for a lot of different roles. Um, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's really exciting to me to see how that might change as the tools become easier to use, but just also more intuitive and more collaborative for everybody. Um, on the smart selection side, that's that sort of class of features is something that I'm, I'm really excited about. And you know, I've also made a lot of iterations since then as well. Uh, I think one thing that's kind of been interesting from the product development standpoint is that like that stuff doesn't come from me or top down at all. Uh, it's all come from the team. Um, and I find that okay. those kind of breakthroughs happen when designers and engineers are just kind of able to jam together and have some yeah. time to really explore. And so it's really interesting because, you know, we've got this super long roadmap of all the things we want to do. But at the same time, you have to like make that room for people to play uh, and to collaborate mm-hmm. across disciplines as well. And so um, I, I don't know if that's applicable to people listening, but it's one thing I would encourage everyone to try is just to make that room to play uh, and to not be as scripted as you might usually be. 
Yeah, definitely. Do you guys, I mean, they may, I don't know if they'll cut this out or not, but I'm curious, like, do you, do you run with like cross-functional teams building certain, you know, parts of the, of the product or um, how is your org set up like that? Yeah, we have a few different groups right now. The design team also is together, but um, they're often sort of like working collaboratively. We have a lot of breakout spaces in the office where people mm-hmm. can kind of just uh, jam together in different times. Uh, we also, encourage people to work cross-functionally, um, uh, especially during sort of like maker weeks or times yeah. where, um, where people are able to be more free form. Um, <laughs> and I think also we have a, a culture where, you know, we really encourage people to grab lunch together, even if they're not working together. Um, one, one of my favorite Slack, uh, apps that I use, um, is donut. I don't know if you use this uh-huh. at Google, but it's, a uh, it basically pairs people, um, in the company to go meet each other. And so, yeah, uh, somebody just pitched that like last week here. Yeah, it's but it's one of my favorite things because it makes it so that these sort of like cross-functional relationships happen. And, you know, I find that basically every time that somebody, maybe um, it's someone from sales and someone from design or, you know, uh, somebody who's on the growth team and someone who's like doing infrastructure and whatever it is, um, these people connecting and talking about the problems they're facing often sparks new ideas that otherwise wouldn't happen. Uh, And so it's one thing that I think is really exciting and I hope to preserve as the company gets bigger. Um, I'd I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you uh, a couple of feature requests. Okay, go for it. I I asked the designer, uh, negative spread on shadows Uh is is a request. Uh, Multiple borders is a request. Okay. And then uh, any type of animation tool um, or, or motion kind of stuff. Yep. Um, I had to do something. I had to make a GIF. Uh, our CEO, Zach, asked me for um, something to be animated. And I did. It, it did play nice with Principle for Mac. And I was able to kind of import the frame that I was working I, I on. I love Principle. Yeah. Um, but it, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. It, it, an animation tool it could be cool, too. What, what were you trying um, to do for animation? I was just trying to, I was, it was just simple movement, yeah. you know, uh, point A to point B, uh, you know, transition over time to old school flash stuff, but. Got it. Um, I will bring that back to the team. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are what, uh, what they're looking for, but we're all loving it here. Uh, I want to be respectful of your time. So, um, I don't have any more questions. I don't know if you have questions for me. That's not usually how podcasts work. Well, I'm but, curious to hear more about like sort of what your experience was like transitioning over to Figma. Yeah, honestly. Um, okay, so I was, like I said earlier, I was Photoshop for a very long time. I went to Sketch kind of kicking and screaming, um, but really understanding that in order to build a proper design system, I needed to use a more modern tool. And so at the time, Sketch was the choice, went there. Um, when I joined Dribbble, well, that wasn't my first taste of it. I, I did some some open source collaboration um, with a few designers in Figma prior. My biggest fear was working in the browser, that I would lose the tab, that I would accidentally close it or, or something along those lines. And then it would feel, it would feel sluggish and not very responsive, uh, like a native app would. Um, so I do run Figma with the Mac, with the desktop app, which I assume is just a wrapper around kind of a browser. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not making nearly as much as I used to. Um, but it really has become intuitive for me. Um, so losing kind of, uh, 
I still have some of the Photoshop keyboard shortcut memory stuff, but Figma is is closing in on that in terms of not really having to look for the tool that I want to use or for what I want to do, just knowing where it is or knowing the shortcut and moving around. So I was thinking about that this morning, actually. It's really kind of grown on me and would be my go-to tool over Photoshop, which is saying a lot. For all the people that know me, uh, grumpy old guy, get off my lawn. I want my <laughs> Photoshop. The, the move from Sketch to Figma actually felt like an improvement. No offense to the Sketch crew over there, but um, it felt snappier and it felt e- easier to use um, for me. So, yeah. How are you all collaborating in Figma? So we run um, a couple of cross-functional teams uh, that focus on different areas of Dribbble. And so each team has one designer on it, uh, front-end developers, uh, back-end developers, a PM. And so our designers will get in and do the initial work, riff on it with their PM or with their uh, cross-functional peers. And then they'll start asking for feedback outside of that circle. And that's where the rest of the team starts to jump in um, and leave comments and feedback. Actually, a, a, a downside to it, when I first joined, I actually had to ask some folks on the leadership team to stop commenting so much uh, because the, the work was available to them at at any point that they wanted to look and see, oh, how's progress going on this project? They could hop in and yeah. they would leave comments and, and, and it would, at times it could derail the designer who maybe wasn't ready for feedback yet or was still kind of mid idea, right? Was, was mid iteration and wasn't ready to really show off uh, the work. And so I had designers telling me, well, I, I, I've got it, but I'm kind of keeping it in my drafts because mm-hmm. I don't want, I don't want feedback on it yet. And so we ended up just devising a system uh, with the pages using, you know, emoji, just kind of like a, a blue dot or a red dot to denote like, okay, anything, any artboard in this page is, is open for critique. Yep. And if it's, if it's red, then, then no, it's not, we're not ready for it yet. And that helps smooth things along. Yeah. That's um, what I've seen a lot of people do is use emoji to kind of indicate state for something. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that was really helpful and it helped kind of, you know, draw lines between when, th- when things were ready to be previewed or not. But um, w- what I love about it is that everybody knows where to go. Everybody who's not, uh, you know, an IC knows where to go to find the files to, to look at them, and 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 honestly, that was such a bear. It, it using previous kind of processes at, at different jobs. Uh, you know, do you have Dropbox synced? Which which final? Which version is that? Uh, all of that stuff is gone, and it's so it's so seamless for us that that you don't even realize like, oh, that there's no file. Everything's just everything's right here. That's pretty handy. And, and it makes for for me, especially being on the management side of things, it makes it, it very, very nice to, to kind of just keep a high level overview of, of everything that's going on. You know, at the end of the day, I basically take all of my Figma emails that come in that are comments. And then at the end of the day, I go through um, and run through all of that and just leave feedback for the team. Nice. Via, via the comments, and, and that's kind of how I, I I do my non-hovering art director stuff. Um, how are you all using design systems? 
So right now, I mean, there's there's my number one task joining the team was to get us a design system. So Dribble is almost ten years old. Uh, didn't have a design system. You could it kind of looked like it didn't have a design system. There's there's a lot of sprawl across the site of different styles over time. Um, so you know the goal was to build a current build a design system based on the current aesthetic, and then the plan was to be able to push Dribble into the future. Um, building it off of the design system that we create. So yeah. right now we we don't have it done in code yet. We do have all the components built in Figma and that's been super handy for the team. Um, but we don't have we don't have a, a proper design system yet, but but it's it's coming. I hope in the next uh, four to six months it should be completed. That's cool to hear. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for uh, thanks for building a tool that that we all love it. Uh, you know, it wasn't hard to sell anybody on it, especially when I said, Hey, you can drop, uh, you know, all these other products, which are friends of ours, you know, and I love them, but, uh, shoot, I look like a hero going, we could do it all in Figma. Um, so I'm really happy that, that this is the tool and that you guys are building it because it's, it's really kind of, you know, I know the, the term unicorn is used a lot uh, with startups and whatnot, but it feels like it does everything we need and, and does it so well. So I, I, I'm stoked to be using it for sure. Thanks so much. Yeah, I mean, we have lots of work ahead, so we're, we're excited to keep building for you and, uh, and to make it the best tool possible. Yeah. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks for your time today. Absolutely.